Fulfillment shows up after a solution is earned. Anything worth having first requires both effort and sacrifice. No matter who you are or what you do, whether you're a single mom or a CEO, the common denominator is this, that we all have a seven-day hustle. They don't all look the same, but they're there regardless of our situation. Here's the thing. Struggle shouldn't always produce more struggle. If done right, it should result in a dance. What we do throughout these seven days reflects directly on our progress forward. Sweet. So we've been friends for a very long time and we're about, how old are you? 32. 32. So I'm 33. So we're still same, same age. And I've had you on my mind for a couple. I think I talked to you last year about wanting to get on this. Yeah. And, I, and honestly, I think that this, it's better now that it hasn't happened until now because there's been a lot that's gone on between then and now. Like, hundred percent. There's a, there's a completion, you know, that's happened kind of within your, within your past couple of years story. Yeah. Um. So to catch to catch everybody else up to speed, uh, me and Andrew grew up in in youth group together. Yeah. Well, like kids' church basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's a group of friends. That all of us and and I describe to people how long I've known you by like I've never not known you. Yep. Like when you knew that other people existed, this was one of those people. (laughs) That's super accurate. Like cognitively, we've been together forever. Right. (laughs) Right. So we grew up in the church, and then um, was it when your dad started Westside? Is when you left New Hope. Yep. Okay. Yep. So then, yeah. So then we grew up in the church. Your dad started Westside. Which is then when you left New Hope and there was, what were we, 14, somewhere in there, 13, 14 years old, something. I was sixth grade. So sixth, 12. Yeah. 12, 11, 12 years old. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he went, sorry, West side, um, basically opposite side of town. Yeah. Opposite uh, side of town. Where we were going to church and all that. So, so the last image I remember of you, and I've said this before, the last image I remember of you before you left the church was you in the corner of the gym beating on your brother. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. <laughs> Bent over your knee, just wailing on him. The reality is that you probably at any moment in time could have just seen that happening. So that would that makes sense. <laughs> and Jared was like half laughing, half crying. Yeah. Didn't know if he enjoyed it or hated it, but you were loving it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's always on the verge of tears. So that just that again, all that's accurate. <laughs> and then you skip ahead. And, um, you know, till then we're now adults or would like to think that we're adults-ish. And, And, um, in a different church setting that's now established, growing large, you Mm -hmm. know, and I kind of walk in those doors. And the first time I walked through those, because I was, I was looking for another place to live. Yep. Because you'd moved back. Yeah. I had moved moved away for a few years, came back, New Hope reached out to me, said, hey, we'd love to have you back. Went over there, just didn't feel like it was home. And I remember walking through the doors of west side and i know i didn't get as far as through the front doors and i just kind of looked around and nobody even said anything to me yet but yeah i had this feeling of i'm going to come back here hmm. you awesome. know and this is i think before me and you reconnected yeah you know mind you i knew people there but that's not why i hadn't engaged with them yet sure. you know what i mean but there's a feeling of when you're home yeah. you feel comfort yep and I walked through the doors and I felt comfort 
And that led to, I'm going to come back here. Yeah. It's awesome. You know, so then there's, well, I think about six years had passed, you know, and, and what I wanted to, what would you say that kind of the, what we're going to open up here? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, is it, is it something on, cause we know what we're going to talk about, but nobody else does. Is it more so on false perception or, or is it, from your perspective, which is um, on the receiving end of that? Uh, I would say it's, it's almost like dealing with assumption, Mm. like making choices, living your life, working through things, Mm -hmm. dealing with things, responding to things uh, in situations that are probably out of your control or are out of your control. Um, And ultimately like, really having to like i said make the call knowing it might not matter in the end because of someone else's perception or assumption or um yeah and so what's what's the response what's the handling of that like this is what i see in you so this is what i think of you yeah or or this is what you're going through this is how i would respond yeah so you need this yeah and so i i think um and I think that that goes across the board for a lot of people. I think we yeah. we interact. If you have a spouse, like mm-hmm. how often do you think, especially as men, we think, oh, I can fix it. Like we want to fix things. And so like yeah. there's not really a time to listen because I've already made it in my head like, oh, this will fix it. Right. Um, or if you're on the job site and it's like things are falling apart, there probably is a time to, to step back and say, what do we do? Mm-hmm. How do we work? How do we respond? And other times it's like stuff just has <laughs> to be done. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be on your A game, mm-hmm. ready to go. The issue is if you are a leader or working with or interacting with, like that might not be the best response. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you've not taken the time to have the conversation and yeah. figure it out, like, again, you you work a lot on just assumption. You mm-hmm. work a lot on just, this is how I perceive it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So you went through it. it Okay, everybody, an entire church in in a community of people went through something that we, they were not expecting, and I feel like you got the worst of it. You and your family got the worst of it. If everybody went through a valley, you were you found the lowest point in that valley. Sure, at one point in time, you know what I mean. Sure. Yeah, and um, so do you? Do you want to start like what what happened to, to to kick that off, or you want me to? Yeah, basically, so my father was the lead pastor of Westside, um, and um, I got hired to work at the same church. I was uh, working as the youth pastor at the time, mm-hmm. um, was there for like five, four or five years, and then um, kind of, I mean, what felt like out of nowhere, like yeah. it, it came out um, that my father was kind of, there's some misappropriation of funds, like mm-hmm. just things were, were really off with the, well, they weren't really off with the books. There was a paper trail a mile long for it, but just that money was being spent improperly mm-hmm. and um, it ended up being a large sum. And more or less one thing led to another, he uh, resigned um, and there was a big investigation and just like, mm-hmm. was this going on for a long time? What had happened here? Um, and then about four months after it all started, all that resignation happened, um, he ended up taking his life mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of like 
had it all blow up and just this again i think that's the probably the point that put me yeah in the lowest part of the valley yeah um and then i ended up working at that church still for that happened like september 2019 he died in december 2019 mm -hmm. and i worked all the way until basically uh december 31st of 2021 yeah um so i was there for about two-ish years mm -hmm. through kind of walking through the waters of yeah. what's next the church becoming a new church mm -hmm. hiring new lead pastor turnover of staff all that kind of stuff well so and west side was how many people about at that time uh west side peaked the numbers have been anywhere i i like to say consistently we were running anywhere from a thousand to twelve hundred on a sunday yeah there's been like the conversation of did it peak at 15 1600 i don't yeah. i don't know but i would say consistently you could say there's a thousand people yeah and so it, you know your dad in in that church it wasn't like because you get into a lot of churches like oh yeah that's the senior pastor over there mm -hmm. and there's kind of like this disconnect between most people in the congregation and him sure yeah your dad was very much like hey i'm the first person you see when i when you walk through the door and i'm going to make yeah. sure you know it yeah you know and i think that's like he put forth the culture community or, yeah. the, or the community culture and so he, I mean, his mentality was like when you go someplace and you have a question you you want to ask the man in charge or the woman in charge you want to know like man if i get to meet the boss like i right. i want like that was kind of that mentality he had right um but he also said hey if if i'm the one that you're going to be hearing from or majority of the time we're going to hear from like <clears throat> there's also something to that connection that face-to-face -face being made so he was you know they i mean basically they're like the head greeter mm -hmm. he was right there in the lobby like you had someone hold the door open for you and then you literally like met him mm -hmm. Um, and that was done on purpose, but it was also done strictly or truly from a belief of like, like you said, community, mm -hmm. like it's worthwhile to know the people who are here. And so then, I mean, I've heard from multiple people that I met outside the church that I had said, you know, Hey, I go there and they, there was a connection to the, Oh yeah, I go there too. Well, how did you start? Well, you know, I met John at so-and-so he used to come to the restaurant mm -hmm. place where I worked or I met him you know where a multitude of places for multiple people mm -hmm. it's like i met him there and he invited me so i went and that's why i now call it home yeah you know but in that i don't ever feel and i've never felt that people went there for john for your dad sure you know what i mean they went there because of the community and the feeling he mm -hmm. was just the one that kind of put that vibe in place yeah and from a leadership standpoint I noticed that he was really good at um, making people feel seen, but mm -hmm. then not letting, not allowing them to control his time, yep. you know, because on any sort of, and e even in, even in business, when you get to a point to where you're in kind of senior leadership, people, and when they feel like they have access to you, they always want to go to you for yeah. every single problem. And that's not always efficient. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you're not actually able to focus on what you want to do. And so, you know, just many, many different aspects I saw of him was really what, what made it feel like home to a lot of people, Yeah. you know? And so when anything started of, Hey, something's not right here now your home is jeopardized yeah and you know somebody's starting to break into your safe space and so 
the community as a whole was very like, what's going on here? And everybody started to, you know, I don't want to say fight back, but there was lots of concern. It wasn't blown off anybody's radar. Yeah. You know, so everything was a big deal. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, like when you say he, he, he took his life after that, then it was like, all right, it was a big deal. And now it's an even bigger deal. Yeah. You know, so after that, you being his son, Jared, your brother was working there at the same time too. Yep. You know, like your family was a part, you know, West side and the Clark family were one, you know, it was, it was like one thing. Sure. Um, what was that like for you walking in the doors for a different, you know, with a different, like that something changed. Yeah. You didn't have any control of that. You didn't ask for it. Yeah. Changed. Yeah. It was, it was incredibly confusing, um, you know, due to it obviously being a legal situation, like you have conflict of interest, you have a lot of that kind of stuff at play. And so like, I was not privy to a lot of, uh, information from the start, which was understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, so that made things confusing. You had people uh, incredibly upset and confused. You had people who were incredibly fearful and confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just have kind of chaos. Yeah. Um, and so like, you know, I, I tell people all the time, like when I told my wife what was going down, like her first instinct was, you know, her family's from North Carolina. It's warm down there. You know, they get a threat of snow. The whole state shuts down, but mm-hmm. don't really snow. And so it's like we go there. Um, but that kind of felt like running mm-hmm. initially. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, well, like we just strap on the boots and like just kind of show up because I had spent a lot of time separating the fact of like I am John's son, yeah. but I am not John. Yeah. So like for those who are just as confused what's going on, I am just as confused what's going on. Like, cause it was like, I didn't see this coming. Yeah. Um, it literally felt like a TV show, like in, or a movie that you'd watch. It was like, yeah. the heck is going on? So, yeah. um, but in that, doing a lot of that work to be like, no, I'm Andrew. So if there's an issue, please deal with it as if you're dealing with Andrew. Obviously easier said than done. I think for a lot of people, mm-hmm. I think it was really hard for people to be like, well, here's your John's son. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, so there's a lot of assumption. That's where we kind of said earlier, like a lot of assumption comes into play. A lot of just like uh, perceived like area being held at an arm's distance. So those first couple days, weeks, it was just kind of like um, keep my head down, do what I'm supposed to do, answer when asked. Like it was a lot of that kind of like, I wasn't really scared. It was just like very... I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So, well, and there's a couple of responses that people can take is one, it's I'm going to try to take charge of everything that even that I don't know what's going to happen, but oh, sure. you know, you kind of overcompensate, Yep. you know, or you retreat Yep. or you do what you did, which is, I think very appropriate is you just kind of, you move. Yeah. <laughs> no one, I mean, th- like it was, no one had threatened my job. Yeah. Like, I, I do have, when I look back, a lot of respect because there was never this instantaneous, like, well, Andrew should probably just go. Mm-hmm. Let's just fire him. There was never ever any of that. So it was like, I was still in a space to do students and to, like, kind of, like, 
walk through that process. And so it was, it was, it was like, well, I can do this. This is a safe space for me. This is a, this is a, something I enjoy doing. So I'm going to kind of lean into that direction. Yeah. And all this other stuff behind, it was like, I'm going to be, you know, aware of and process through and kind of, like I said, answer when asked and just kind of go through it. Um, but in those early days, it was like, so there's still a job to do. Yeah. And so right, wrong, I don't know, but I definitely put a lot of focus just like into the job and then into like, you know, how's my wife doing? How is she like kind of waiting through the water? She was like pregnant at the time. Mm-hmm. So there's all that at play. And so um, I think from a staff perspective, a lot of us was just kind of to your point was like, well, we got a Sunday still coming. Mm-hmm. Um, the world time doesn't stop. The world doesn't stop. Yeah. No one's, you know no one hit the pause button until March of 2020. So it's like, yeah. you know, like, let's just like keep, keep doing our thing. And yeah. so, um, yeah, it was, it was a daily, like wake up, take a deep breath. Thanks God for another day. And do you feel like you put your grieving on the shelf because you had to maintain, you know, like the, the job or, or what? I don't, I don't feel like that's an appropriate thing to call it, but do you feel like you had to put, you're grieving on the shelf to maintain everything else that, you know, the bus that's still moving down or train moving down the track. So that's a good question. Cause I think in the confusion of it, it was, there was a natural response of don't look weak. Yeah. Or don't make it obvious as affecting you more than it is. Yeah. Um, And so, I mean, one of the responsibilities was like, I started preaching more on Sundays. Like I just kind of stepped into like more, church-wide responsibility and not just like a Wednesday night program. Yeah. Um, and so in some ways, like I had to kind of set things aside. I worked really, really hard. It's something I, I, I did take serious of like trying to hear both sides. Like, yeah. Cause in one situation, like you have my father who not only was my boss and pastor, but he yeah. was, he's my dad first. Yeah. So what the heck's going on? Right. But also hearing the side of the church and, and, and people in leadership there of like, they're just confused of how did this happen? How did we yeah. miss this? All that kind of stuff. Something's so, wrong that nobody was anticipating. And what do we do with it? Yeah. And you're cut. You're, you're in the, you're in the worst position possible because you're equally as invested into both. Yeah. And they're equally against each other. Yeah. You know? And so it was like that weird the grieving side of things was interesting because it naturally, like it just didn't make sense to grieve yet. Yeah. Cause there was so much unknown. Mm-hmm. Like there was this subtle vibe of like, Oh, he's going to come back. Like, cause we're talking like pre-death. So we're talking. Oh like, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Oh, he's, he's yeah. going to be, this might just be nothing. Yeah. This might be, you know what I mean? There's yeah. all that like kind of sense of like, we just got to sort this out. And let's just, let's just keep going, blah, blah. So then when he, he passes away, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, so this could have all been nothing, but still, Pops is just gone now. Yeah. And I think that's when the grieving kind of like really set in. Um, and that's where it was harder to like kind of like let it be a conversation piece. And now it was becoming more of like, I've got to start like talking to someone about this. Like, I've got to not be so concerned about are people taking notes and watching me and mm-hmm. perceiving me because I was also beginning to feel that weight of no matter how good I say I am, people don't believe me. They start looking at you through a different lens mm-hmm. and it's like, I want Andrew to be this way. So I'm going to look at him through the lens that puts him how I think he's going to be. 
Sure. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Or a lot of it, I chalked it up to how would they have responded? Yeah. That's what I heard a lot of. Like, yeah. man, I just can't imagine that if that was me, I would have been X, Y, Z. And it's like, okay, yeah, you're, you're not me though, mm-hmm. but I see your point. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I started realizing was like, I'm either going to have to like, just own this mask I'm wearing or like just realize no matter what I do or say, people are going to have their own perception, their own assumption about how things are going, how I'm responding, how I'm dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I started to really look for someone to talk to, someone to kind of work things out, counselor, like that kind of stuff. Because mm-hmm. at some point you bring a child into the picture and you bring like a lot of that in, you realize like, I am not being a great father right now because I'm still so focused on, other things that are happening and mm-hmm. all that. And so, um, yeah, it was interesting. It was just like, okay, I've got to grieve now. Like almost like I had a reason. Yeah. And that was like, what clicked it like, okay, nothing's going to be the same anymore. When you're going, to, when you said, you know, like my, my parenting is suffering because I've been focused on X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Looking back on it now, do you think that if you if you were so intent on, you know, I'm a parent as well as a pastor, as well as a son, as well as, a, you know, all of these things. Yeah. Like, no matter how bad the other situations are, I can't let this obligation suffer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like looking back on it now, if you were to coach somebody else in that same space, yeah. do you think it would be healthy to tell them, give these other elements more space and let this one suffer a little bit so you can get through them or don't sacrifice your intentionality with all of them equally. If you were going to let anything slide, if I mean, I would let the business slide first. I would let that like, and I get there's this mentality of like, that's how I provide. That's how I go. Mm -hmm. But whether you're a believer or not, like if you're married or if you're a a parent, like that is your first obligation. That is your first responsibility is to be a, is a loving husband or wife and to be a, a loving and, and, you know, caring parent. And so I, you know, make the joke about the pause button being hit in March of 2020. It's like my son was born March 16th, 2020. So like literally the world stopped. <laughs> I was given 10 weeks of paternity leave basically. Um, but it was Liam like, made the world stop. <laughs> I was like, um, but there was this reality of like, never hit him, never did anything stupid. I just found myself when he would cry. Yeah. It would like, I could feel the welling up of like irritation happening. Mm. And it was that was when it was beginning to click of like, I, I need to start dealing with stuff because if this is going to start being affected, I don't want it to come close to being affected. Yeah, that other stuff can be set aside because yeah. if I hurt my wife, if I lose my wife, if I like let that relationship suffer simply to do a job, yeah, I've missed the point. Yeah there's nothing to provide for anymore. Mm-hmm. If if I let my relationship with my son or my daughter or whoever mm-hmm. suffer mm-hmm. for a job, mm-hmm. I've, again, I've missed the point. Yeah, You can't say anymore, oh, I'm providing. This is how yeah. I provide. 
you provide first by being there and being present. And that's what I've had to really, really work on because as a natural people pleaser, like it was really easy to become consumed with what are other people thinking you're doing? How are they assuming? How are they perceiving stuff? Yeah. And when that happens, you almost are like so comfortable with family, so comfortable with wife, you know, you know, husband, whatever it is, child, like, oh, they can't really leave. Like they're, yeah. we're married, we're together. They That's understand mine. me. They I get it. Slide a little bit. They'll, they'll be chill. Yeah. Yeah. That works for like a millisecond. And all of a sudden, like you've, you've reprioritized your list. They will be the ones that you will just naturally keep sliding down. Mm. And then all of a sudden you're like, why don't they get it anymore? They don't get any more because you've given off no understanding or vibe that you care anymore. Because what it took to build you to that point, you've now abandoned. Yeah. And it's a, it's a main t- what it took, what it took to get you to that point of understanding and being a family mm-hmm. is something that needs to be maintained. It's not like you build it and you can leave it. Yeah. You wouldn't buy a house with a poor foundation. Yeah. Okay. Your yeah. foundation is your home. Yeah. It is your family. It is, it is that. And you know, if, if you're not married yet and all that kind of stuff, like I, I totally understand until you get like grind it out, do yeah. it. But like, but your family might be friends too. It might be friends. You it know, might like, be just your natural parents, your, you know, siblings. Like there is a reality of like, I'm going to, I'm going to have way more respect for the family man mm-hmm. than the businessman. Yeah. I'm going to have so way more respect and want to engage with and work with someone who gets mm-hmm. relationships yeah. and gets like, has that foundation in place then the person who's like i'll work 24 hours a day for you mm-hmm. I'll, i will go all out seven days a week for you and i will be sold out for you mm-hmm. but they don't get the relational side of things because there's nothing foundationally solid about them they're yeah. not grounded yeah and so yeah back to the original questions like i would rather let the other things slide looking back and now going forward than letting the family stuff slide first so Divvy up your remaining time for the other stuff how you need to, but yeah, you got the foundation has to be good. Yeah, it's not like you, you, you know, I forgot that COVID happened during all that because, like, because your dad never met Liam, right? No, so that was the timeline of everything is you know, there's a disruption in the church, and then your dad, and then Liam, yep, and COVID at the same time, and yep. so it's like. Man, how (laughs) and I know that like from being a part of the church community, there was a there was a kind of a a thought that went around how much more can this church take? Because it was like one kick in the teeth after another, after you're as you're already down. But then like it's not about like from your perspective, it's like, man. And so I said, you, if, if the church went through a valley, you definitely found the lowest point of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. And Jared, if you're, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry for what I'm about to say next, but you're the oldest son. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there is a sense of responsibility there. Sure. That's just not in your other siblings. Sure. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there, and, and so you just naturally take on. I have to be, you know, I have to be something for somebody. Sure. I get that. Yeah. I felt that like I, you know, I think there was, um, 
the ability to let people have space to process as needed, especially yeah. from like a, a sibling or family perspective, like, um, you know, it's a weird, it's a weird experience after the call a family member, sibling, especially to be like, Hey, so-and-so passed away or like mm-hmm. some of that kind of stuff. So like you know, experiences you never want to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think everyone's mm-hmm. human. So everyone grieves and processes in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in my situation, the difference was I was also working alongside him. Mm-hmm. And so there was this, this detail of like, it's boss, pastor and father who is now in hot water and now gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a, that was a different dynamic. And the way I think I felt was the role I was already playing in the church. Um, you know, whether it be like future plans of potentially being the next head pastor or any of that kind of stuff, or just feeling the weight already of being John's son, who's just a beloved individual, like just all that. So that was a natural, I think, of response of like, okay, there's a little more weight now. Mm-hmm. This was a little heavier. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it was anything was missed uh, on my siblings' behalf in terms of like pressure they might have felt or mm-hmm. the tension mm-hmm. of losing a parent more than anything. So when you so now you're in the space of all right, we're back to working more or less. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like these events happened, you know, we still show up and, and do what we have to do. There's a lot of people that are going to, and I think we may have touched on it um in this conversation, but there's a lot of people what we did that are gonna say. I think you feel this way. Mm -hmm. And so they start treating you like how they think that you feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, what is that? You know, can you say anything towards that? Whether like, what does it look like? On I guess maybe how how does somebody respond in that way? What's the best way for somebody to respond that's in your shoes when there's so many eyes that want to put their own label on you or treat you a certain way? You yeah. know what I mean? Like because that can be very frustrating, mm-hmm. especially from the standpoint of you're not getting it. Yeah, <laughs> it really helped. Uh, if you're a people pleaser, it really helped. Kind of I think um, change that perception mm-hmm. like for me especially being someone who was like a natural like just want people to be happy mm-hmm. want people to like me like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um to realize like man no matter what i say or do they still have an opinion about me mm-hmm. that's completely opposite of what i'm saying or doing <laughs> so it's like i can't make everyone happy but we sound like the most obvious like but that was like a mind blowing thing in the last couple of years to really begin to be like, I've always heard can't please everyone, blah, blah. It's like to actually experience like mm-hmm. these people aren't even mad at me. They just assume I'm like this, no matter what I've done or said, no matter like the... or what you can say or do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, I just got to do my thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's where it was like, okay. Am I still, my family healthy is are they feeling loved like as um do they know who i am right mm-hmm. you know are the people in my corner like the the actual friends like do they hear me out and know who i am mm-hmm. like um 
am I still able to do what I feel called to do? Mm-hmm. Like those things begin to become way more prioritization than like, is the boss happy? Is the person I've just met for the first time satisfied? Is mm-hmm. like those so if you're in that space where it's like, man, no matter what I do, this person just doesn't get me. I'm not saying drop it. I'm not saying move on. I'm just saying like that, that should be a sign of like. You're wasting your time trying to please them. Yeah. You're wasting a lot of energy that's going sideways. And so essentially the energy that you are spending is not effective in any area. Yeah. So at least place it somewhere where you can be effective. It, there was times when like, way back when things were going down when like i knew there was like meetings happening without me and stuff yeah. like that so i'd show up early and try to be there to almost catch the impromptu meeting that was going to happen yeah and they would just find another time to meet because if people feel one way if people do something if people have a mindset made up it it is what it is and so i would i would wake up i would i would say forget family time i would do what i had to do like you know, babe, you get it. I got to go. Mm-hmm. Like I would have anxiety. I would be all worked up. I would just, and like, it was just like, for what? Nothing for a waste of sideways energy. Well, and what's fueling you right then it, what's fueling you with that isn't healthy either. Mm-hmm. It's just because <laughs> anxiety and fears fueling you and fueling your actions. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not healthy no matter who you are. Yeah. You know, and that's relatable to anybody. Yeah. You know, whether it's, you know, I, I'm going to pick on, say the word relationship because, you know, the anxiety in that time, because it's easy to say, all right, when you're in a relationship like between a guy and a girl or, or in a marriage and something's not right, if you care about it, then you kind of over overcompensate for what you need to how you need to appropriately handle it and you're fueled by anxiety there yep okay so in this sense your friendships with you know your friendship with the church as a whole your friendships with your coworkers, your friendships with a lot of things it's like hey everything here is being jeopardized yeah i don't have control over it so i'm going to try to insert myself as often as i can so i don't lose that connection yeah and and control might be the wrong word because i don't feel like you necessarily needed to have control over one anything but it's the level of involvement it's like hey am i even a part of this anymore you know yeah that's accurate and so then now looking back on it now it's like man my motivation for contribution wasn't even yeah you know yeah when the when the payoff is just more stress you know, when the payoff is still confusion. Yeah. Okay. You're, you are just wasting energy and time Yeah. and headspace and you, that energy and time has to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So you're probably taking it from a place that like we've said, oh, they get it. Mm-hmm. Although they'll give me that space, but mm-hmm. you, you still need time for them. You still mm-hmm. need energy for them, for that thing that you've now just blown for what? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think you could almost relate it to the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. And that's been a theme on my mind is the, the last year for sure is look, how hard, how hard am I working at this versus how effective is it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and sometimes we become so emotionally involved in things. We forget about the practicality and the effectiveness of it. Yeah. 
you know? And so it's like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to work really hard at this because I'm emotionally involved. Um, but it might not be in the right area to, you know, and it's okay to realize that, well, this is turning out to be something different than it was before. Yeah. It's okay to continue on with the path of least resistance if it's not in that same area. Yeah. You know what I mean? If and and I think it's kind of interesting how our lives work around how God created it, around everything else that functions on the face of this earth. You know what I mean? If you watch, if you watch the path of electricity, sorry, it's a very powerful force, but it doesn't go in a straight line. Yeah. It starts here, it realizes it's it's not. You know, it, it's not going to continue on that way because you're going to die. <laughs> you can leave this in there if you want. I'm just, I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll, holy crap. The, uh, we'll see if I decide to edit out a video or not. All right, I will. <laughs> so, Sorry, path of resistance. Yeah. <laughs> Path of least resistance. Um, you know, electricity is a is a very powerful force, but at one point in time, it doesn't always continue on the trajectory it took off. Exactly. Yep. You know what I mean? It takes a hard turn and then another hard turn and another hard turn, and eventually it gets where it wants to go. Yep. But we in our lives, we take a really strong trajectory in one area. And when we find resistance there, we naturally tend to want to push through that resistance rather than just saying, hey, yeah. I'm no longer being effective here, but I don't want to lose the direction that I'm going. Yep. It's, it's harder to make a different turn, but yep. in the grand scheme of progression from A to B, it's actually easier to pivot in another direction yep. overall. Yeah. Cause there's always the adage of like, you know, you get stronger through resistance, like mm -hmm. all the kinds of the stretch helps the, the muscle grow. Like mm -hmm. there's all that. And so, I think there's like a natural tendency to be like, oh, I'll be stronger for this or I'm stronger because of this. And it's like, that might be true, but there are just situations where you have to genuinely just pivot. <laughs> That's a fun 2020 word mm -hmm. or uh, <laughs> to just kind of in your, your exactly what you're saying, like go a different way for a minute. Like that's actually just what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, but we don't think that's okay. With it's okay, like, you know, there there came a point, I think, for my wife and I when we we reached a moment of like, okay, now us leaving is no longer quitting, mm -hmm. but are we already too deep into this? Have we already pushed too far mm -hmm. now towards mm -hmm. like I can still do what I'm supposed to do? I can still like hang out with my friend, like there's still so much good, mm -hmm. but the growth had stopped. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but we're just gonna keep kind of going with it. Mm -hmm. And you know, to the point where then all of a sudden, like when it is just done, you're just like, oh man, six months ago, year ago, this would have been way easier, way different, way, would have made way more sense. And now this just feels abrupt and almost like you were pushed through the glass. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think in a lot of ways, like you're hitting on the head when straight, right? Like just the straight ahead. Uh, only works for so long in a lot of situations. And so 
Uh, I think a sports perspective, like you can run the ball up the middle playing football as much as you want. Uh, there will come a point when they'll realize that's all you're doing. And so they will adjust the defense to stop you. <laughs> so you might have to run outside. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, um, I don't think it makes you any weaker or any like less efficient to change directions for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and well, you, yeah. you were forced to change a direction too, because I don't think that's quite been brought up yet is that in a very short instant, you pretty much got said, got told, Hey, uh, we're letting you go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So on top of all these compounding things and in the middle of yeah. working through this and, and, you know, keeping the ball rolling, which is a very, you know, and contributing to like, you didn't dip because you, I mean, it wouldn't have surprised somebody if if you said, "Hey, um, I don't know that I can be a part of what all is going on. Like, sure. This is very, you know, there's a lot going on inside of me. I just lost, you know, my my father. There's like this is very confusing with me. I don't like. I'm just gonna step out of this altogether. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because a lot of people will do that, and I don't think anybody is even gonna fault them for that. The understanding is, yeah, I get it. I see why he would do that. You know what I mean? But yeah. you didn't do that. Yep. You know. That that I've always thought that that's like, man, the amount of character and fortitude it takes to willingly put yourself in the most difficult position in your life or that you've ever experienced. True. And say, I'm here however I can be here. You know sure. what I mean? I'm going to contribute. I'm going to help. Like, I'm not going anywhere no matter what happens. Yeah. And then to get told, hey, we're just going to, we're going to let you go. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Kind of the last kick in the teeth. Sure. Like, and I, I don't, I got initially beat it the way just because of how sudden and abrupt it was. Yeah. But again, I go back to, I think a lot of people and a lot of, a lot of decisions were made out of assumption, out of fear, out of best interests, out of like all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so in the end, like I can't fault people. Right. No. And I'm not saying um, I'm trying to fault them, but it's a blow. It's another, it's an additional blow for you. Sure. You know what I mean? That that's what I'm trying to open up is, is it's an additional blow for you, you know, and it's going to be an additional blow for somebody else. You know sure. what I mean? So like, that one more blow. Yeah. You know? Yep. No, I, I get that. And I, I see in that situation, the, there's a little bit of reprieve. Cause again, that energy that was potentially being wasted. Yeah. Now it becomes obvious that it was being wasted. Yeah. Um, there's a reality of like, my mentality though, doesn't have to change. If like, I'm really called to do what I'm doing. Like, mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, God's going to continue to work and use me and, and do what's necessary. And, um, and then also it's, it's trusting his plan, like trusting, like he's all going to work it out. And, you know, I think that's the beauty of faith is we're not really called to like, we're not really called to do anything other than just like follow him. Yeah. Right. And so like in the long run, like that's what we lead on the whole time through all of this was faith and through this understanding that like 
God knows what's going on. You know, something that's really a really weird concept for my wife and I is the fact that our son was born so close to my father passed and when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. So I have a really weird silver lining view of COVID and of all that whole time because my son was born. Yeah. And I got all this time to spend like I and I got like eight or ten weeks of paternity leave, like just unheard of time mm-hmm. to spend with my wife and my newborn son. Mm-hmm. Well, my daughter is was born like two weeks after I was officially done at the church. Mm-hmm. So I had this natural like six-ish weeks and, you know, and, and all this time to spend before I had to really go back and find a job mm-hmm. to just be with my now wife and two-year-old son and my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I didn't like, intentionally wait to have kids. Yeah. We just didn't have kids for a while. Yeah. And Nicole was pregnant. My wife was pregnant before we knew anything about with my dad. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like we just say, "Oh, crap happened with the family. Let's get pregnant." Like there was none of that thought process. We were Nicole was pregnant before we knew we were going to be done at Westside. So it's just wild to see like some of the happiest moments in our life mm-hmm. came at would would have been the lowest part of the valley, and so it's like I can't help but step back and be like I don't want to over spiritualize it but be like okay God knew mm-hmm. he knew what was going on and so it was almost that step away from the tree to see the whole forest moment of like all right like you know refined by fire whatever you want to call it you know iron sharpens iron all those cliches were just like yeah I'm gonna be better for this and also like my faith is stronger in this mm-hmm. and also like man, what better time to be able to reprioritize what actually matters. And so whatever I step into next, mm-hmm. I, I already, I've already been through it. So mm-hmm. I, my eyes are wide open mm-hmm. to what's next mm-hmm. and to what, what to look for, what red flags are stand out, what all that kind of stuff and what can't be compromised for this thing. Do you think that you would have gotten there if you didn't get the push out the door? I think so because I think sooner or later something would have had to change anyways. There would have had to have been the adjustment made. Mm-hmm. Um because again, I think there was you do come to that point when like you've met the wall. This isn't sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. And the writing's on the wall, you're now staring it in the face, and you're like, I am just gonna stay and potentially suffer mm-hmm. or the switch is gonna happen, mm-hmm. the move is gonna happen, mm-hmm. the redirection. And so I, even though, you know, you look back and wish things were done a little differently, it's like in the end, you're like, okay, God knew it's all good. And you can't really pick apart and land too long on that. What should have, would have, could have, you know, it's like, all right, this is this. I don't have any control over that. I'm not going to, this is what, this is the way that it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I just, I, I was curious about that. Yeah. Um, and so with being, friends with you and then being involved in the church like after that happened i sought out i mean i took a what a year at least if not more to really land on how i was gonna Mm. land on all this stuff because you know you're kind of receiving information and not being involved in the process yeah you wonder it's like all right well how do i feel about that and how am i going to respond and so i sought out um 
a lot of counsel through different people and that just kind of tried to get some sort of clarity. Yep. You know, and it's like you, from an outside perspective, you're like, you try to judge other people's decisions and say, well, you know, that was the right one or that was the wrong one or they should have done this, that, and the other thing. But the reality is, is you're not in their shoes. Yep. You know, everybody's, nobody's perfect, you know, and so you can't lose too much sleep. You shouldn't lose any sleep over it really. Yeah. Because the only thing I have control over is not much, but it's what's closest to me. You know yeah. what I mean? I, it, myself. Yep. Your attitude, your response, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, my the biggest takeaway I really got from the whole situation, uh, or one of the bigger takeaways, was kind of what we're talking about, though, with the assumption side of things of, like, if you're in leadership, like, you're going to have to make some calls. Yeah, gonna have to do some things and have to make some adjustments, let some people go, hire some people, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a benefit to knowing the people that you work with mm-hmm. and like the relational side of those that you're doing this job with. Mm-hmm. Um, because when stuff does hit the fan and things do get flipped upside down mm-hmm. and the boat does feel like it's sinking and all the cliches again, mm-hmm. it's like okay who who's on the ship with me mm-hmm. and if you don't if you can't answer that then yes you are going to just throw a lot of assumption into any interaction any choice you're making and some might work out mm-hmm. and others and i would feel like a lot of times a lot of them will blow up in your face because again, if you don't know who's actually on the boat you know who's on the ship who's who am i sinking with mm-hmm. <laughs> um chaos it's fear anxiety like it's all those things set in and those are already going to be naturally occurring stuff yeah um so yeah if you play a role of leader and especially in the home and business whatever that looks like i mean know who you're know who you're with yeah because leadership doesn't mean doesn't mean what most people think it means it doesn't mean you're a manager it doesn't mean you're a business owner it doesn't mean you're a pastor leadership is just when other people look up to you and you have the responsibility of, yeah. you know, hopefully guiding them in the right direction. Yeah. If leadership to you is I get to tell people what to do. Yeah. You're, you're not a leader. Yeah. You can be, you can play a leading role in a parallel friendship, Yeah, you know, and that gets exchanged because yeah. they might in time lead you, Yeah, you know, but to your, to your point, which is, you know, which is a hundred percent accurate knowing who's on the ship with you in that leadership leadership being led, you know, and then friendship as well, because there is a relationship, you know, the people that I lead, I still have a relationship with them. The relationship is that I'm their leader. You know what I mean? Or, or I just, I lead them. That's the relationship. Yeah. What type of, How was your wife through all of this? Like supportive. I mean, I know, I know she was supportive, but yeah. how how was your wife a support to you? Because you know, because Nicole's a very strong person. Mm-hmm. Nicole is a very strong person, you know, yeah. and and you guys have a great relationship. But you know, it, it you it had to it. You can't not say that it wasn't challenging for everybody involved. 
No, she was a rock star, like because she was she was a rock. Like it was like very like um a lot of late night conversations, a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, but she was pretty aware of, you know, she pointed out a lot of stuff you were talking about now, and just like that little like you can't make everyone happy and and where are you spending your time and what kind of energy like so she was really good about kind of challenging me in a lot of those areas. Um, did she get frustrated with you if you didn't immediately figure it out? No, she gave space because there's the, the grieving process all tied into that. And yeah. you know, she has that natural mentality, but she was very quick, uh, especially as things started to kind of like even out where you started to see like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. this is where we're headed mm-hmm. to begin to speak to like how I'm using my time and what's my focus and like, mm-hmm pointing out what's more important and and didn't do it in a way that was um I see this so you have to do it right now. Yeah, not nagging, not any like, you know, the classic like, yeah, blah, 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 like yeah. throw it off on a wife. It's like, no, it was very like, wow, like I I'm glad I have a partner in this moment. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you see what I see so yeah. then you can do with it how you see fit. Yeah. And so she was awesome in that uh incredible mother, you know, when it came to playing that role for our newborn son and then daughter and a lot of it and so just uh just super supportive and and kind of like trusting mm-hmm. uh which again was that reminder of like oh okay this is my first this should be a first importance to me mm-hmm. is her and my family mm-hmm. um that just became more and more true as time passed just like yeah what am i doing and and i have someone at home who is graciously kind of letting it happen <laughs> um and like you said how we we said early on is how easy it is to kind of be like they get it slide another party list they'll understand so mm-hmm. it's like man you're able to kind of walk through some of the stuff you walk through because they are of utmost importance and priority to you i struggle with that personally and like even just in this conversation realizing that oh hey that's probably something that i should really mm. make a big adjustment in is not thinking that hey they understand they get it they, yeah. you know what i mean i can do this because they've got my back yeah and so i can like not compl- i i can hold back my contribution to that relationship a little bit yep. with that excuse yep yeah doesn't work out yeah it doesn't work out and so i so, think yeah. i'm sorry go ahead i think in the long run like when you when you really engage more with like the foundational side of your life, which yeah. is family, friends, you know, community, whatever you want to use, mm-hmm. like you are building something to fall back on. And it's nice to know, like, you're not falling back. You're like being caught. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we felt was we had that in place to where like when things went sideways, it was like, look at the community around us look mm-hmm. at like those who are kind of like lovingly holding on to us in this moment it was like okay uh, that's why relationships seem to matter so much mm-hmm. is so that not you can just celebrate the highest highs but it's mm-hmm. so you can actually work through the lowest lows too mm-hmm. so when you fall they can catch you mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean you lay there yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? like you're <laughs> caught here you, for a while yeah. yeah but you have to get up again you yeah. know what i mean Yep. There's a safety net, but that means you have to get up and keep going. Yep. You know, it's like the trust fall. Like you don't just fall and they all stand there. But you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they, they set you back on your feet and you keep yeah, going. You know? 100%. So, um, so after that, you you took a job 
for a little while. Mm -hmm. And that would scare most people. Cause when you did that, like for me as a friend, I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch and see where this goes. Yeah. Because it was definitely many steps back from your capability and potential. Sure. You know what I mean? Yep. And not related at all to where your heart lies. Yeah. Even if you're, even if your heart and your passion were to change direction one day, like it's always going to be in some form of ministry, just yeah. what, what is the catalyst that this ministry is passing through? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but it was, I mean, you took a job at a um, market down the street. Yep. You know what I mean, which is like, man, this guy is way <laughs> more qualified than to do what he's doing, mm-hmm. you know, and as a friend, you were telling me what, what you were going to do. And I'm thinking my thought was that's a perfect thing for him to have very low responsibility, still generate income, yeah. not, not have your mind. Um, like you can still work and do things and be productive, but your mind can open up and relax. Yeah. You that's know what, what it is. And so like, that's great. But how long is that going to go on for? Because sure. there are so many people that will find comfort in that, too much comfort in that space, which yep. turns into complacency. And now they're just like, yep. you're going backwards on all fronts. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was, you know, there was the early on, it's probably even the grieving process, like the bargaining. Of mm-hmm. Like, I could do this. This just works. It's mm-hmm. easy. And I think that... uh it, it actually was super helpful to like take the break for a minute mm-hmm. and to your point, like not have the weight on my shoulders and it helped me reprioritize things and it helped that time. And it was like my, my encouragement is once you start feeling like that, the reproduce, you know, you've reprioritized things and stuff begins to kind of like settle. Mm-hmm. Like that's when it's like, okay, so then what's next? Mm-hmm. And that's where we kind of felt because a lot of people right away were like, Grand Rapids, go work here, go do this. Like this church calls right away. Like there's so many things that was right away. It's like mm-hmm. I'll just jump right into something. But that's what it would have been. Just jumping right into something and not actually like dealt with any of the stuff that actually now had to be dealt with because of what just ended. And you're not actually confident in in those moves if you're just jumping into it either. Yeah. And and how you leave a place plays a big role too. You choose to leave. Well, you're probably looking already. Mm-hmm. If you don't choose to leave, and you're told to leave. Mm-hmm. You weren't looking, mm-hmm. and so now you're in this whole different kind of realm of like, am I worthy? Am I qualified? And like you begin, the, there's that whole questioning process, and there's like that. That's part of I think the grieving and part of just like mm-hmm. the like you know what were your priorities? Mm-hmm. So that has to be kind of pieced apart and dealt with. Yeah. Or what you're going to try and do is just drag a bunch of baggage to wherever's next. And so now you're in this new space, which seems awesome. And you're like processing through <laughs> everything you just left. Yeah. So your, your view, your worldview, your, your job view, like your work view is going to be totally mm-hmm. jaded and shaded and, and not well, where your energy is being placed is not, not to where you're going, but what you just came from. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, to go just work a job that I was able to kind of like clock in, clock out, let my mind rest, think about and, and actually like process through all this has happened, 
be a dad for a minute, be a husband for a minute and not have all these extra like needs. Like that was a incredibly healing time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then once things started to feel like, okay, like these steps have been taken, stuff is reworking itself. Like the process is happening. It's like, okay, so what does next look like? You start to feel ambition in another area. Yeah. You know, you start to feel, all right, I'm, I'm getting antsy now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What so you begin to look forward again. Yeah. And and I think that's my encouragement. When you start feeling that, okay, engage in that. Yeah. Um, apathy and some of that stuff happens, I think, when you begin to feel that, but you're like, you almost like question it. Like, oh, I'm not ready. Oh, I'm not like, and mm-hmm. time's going to be different for everyone. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if you're supposed to be doing something, like, mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with pursuing it. Like that's what I learned. There's nothing wrong with having conversations. Yeah. I didn't have to say yes to any job interview. I didn't have to say yes to any job offer. I could have the conversation. Mm -hmm. I could, I could see, does it fit with what's new prioritized to me? Does it fit with now my family and what we're called to do as a family? Like what, what is happening? But it's like the pursuit of those conversations was Mm -hmm. like Mm life-giving. And it was like reminding of like, okay, you're more than just, kind of working behind this counter, which is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Just there was more that I was being called to do. Yeah. And I was beginning to feel that again. Yeah. And so you engage in those conversations, engage in that process, um, and it becoming like a motivator. Yeah. And uh, that was cool. I think not, I don't want to go off on a rabbit trail, but, you know, to be able to say like, hey, this conversation, this is just a conversation. I almost would say that there's a level of self-confidence that has to be in play there because oh sure if you don't feel if you feel obligated just out of interacting with somebody that means you don't have enough self-confidence in yourself to either you know hey this isn't exactly what I need um you know what I mean it's like I don't need you yeah and so understanding that there's no obligation unless there's commitment yeah just having a conversation is not a commitment, yeah. you know, like, which is dangerous if you're a people pleaser. Yes. Because that's when also in the obligation sets in of like, well, I talked to him. Mm-hmm. So I, I got to say, yes. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no. What you have to do is follow up with them. Yep. Tell them yes or no. Yep. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> That's, yep. that's it. Yep. And yep. that was a really fruitful process too. That's where I knew there was some healing taking place when it was like, went down the trail with, a place yeah and we got to the second or third interview because there was a legitimate like interest and yeah it, things were lining up but there wasn't peace and there wasn't there wasn't an actual like this is it yeah um instead of finally sit there and be like i have to say no and that was difficult because everything in me said just say yes it, it's good enough so just say yes and it's like but i there's difference between like not having peace because you're you're gonna take the jump and like just genuinely like knowing in your heart and your gut to know. Yeah. That that peace to me is different. So that then, then so, it's yeah. an inner struggle between, you know, like you said, everything inside me wants to just say yes, but there's one thing here that's not like which is foundational. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we talked about with family and building a house, you know, I mean yep. the foundational piece isn't there to build everything else off of. Yeah, it makes sense headwise. It makes sense, you know, on all sure. these other fronts. <sighs> but I don't have confidence. Yeah. I don't have peace. It, it's it's where I've made this list of things that are important to me, mm-hmm. and 
it is conflictual with three of the four things I say are important to me. Yeah. Okay. That should be a quick answer of like, yeah, that's a no. Well, in, in the professional world, you call those core values. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, well, well, have you, do you know what your core value? I just had this, um, I want to say, uh, the, um, the second episode with Keith Calloway. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I was talking to him on the phone the other day. He'd be like, Kyle, you need to figure out yeah. a little bit more what your personal core values are yeah, 100%. because there's core values inside business. This is how we operate. This is how, you know, decisions get made based around these boundaries that we set that are healthy, that we want to be known as Yeah. personally. I need to also have those myself, you know, and that dictates what type of relationships you keep, what type of relationships you're in, what type of engagement you have with people, what environments you put yourself in, which ones you don't, you know what I mean? Like everything, you know? And so totally. And, um, and I just, I, I like to make those connections between, between the professional world and the personal world, because I don't think they're all that different. Yeah. You know, hopefully you're doing what you love. Hopefully you're doing what you love, but the principles are all the same. Yeah. And when somebody said, and, and this was something I just mentioned it um, on the last one I recorded is that I was challenged with the statement of your problems are not significant to you, mm-hmm. you know, because we feel like because this is happening to me, nobody else understands, Yeah, which is the whole reason why I like to have these conversations to realize like, look, you're not alone in the island that you feel like you're on. Yeah. If that's how you feel, you're the one that put yourself there and you're the one that's, that's keeping yourself stranded. Yeah. You know, your problems are not significant to you. Yeah. And so whether, whether you're in a pastoral space or a business owner or whatever, you know what I mean? Because as you start to grow in anything, people are going to have a perception of you, mm-hmm. you know, and like, because I always related to um, you taking a job at, at Fresh Coast. Like, I found myself in that same space years before, yeah. you know, because I went through automotive school, I worked in all these different industries. Um, kind of the pinnacle of where I was at was when I was a Lamborghini technician, yeah. you know, I worked on exotics and then my dad passed. I moved back home. It was like kind of steps downward. And eventually I found myself flipping burgers at a local bar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and so like, I saw myself go there mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right, I know what he's doing. It's not an unhealthy path. No. Sometimes again, thinking in a sports term, mm-hmm. played soccer in college and, the mentality is always to go forward. The goal's at that end. Yeah. So go, go, go. Mm-hmm. And one of the first concepts you're taught by a good coach <laughs> is sometimes to go forward, you have to go back. Yeah. That sometimes, excuse me, for me, just to kick the ball forward, mm-hmm. I'm kicking it directly to defense. So that the the more direct path might be to go back to this player mm-hmm. who goes back to that player mm-hmm. who then goes up that side mm-hmm. and we eventually get to the goal that mm-hmm. way. But when you're in the moment, <laughs> Yeah. You know, especially when you're emotionally involved. Yeah. Because in a sports setting, you're not emotionally, you're not as, you're, you're emotionally there, but you're not as emotionally involved and invested. Yeah. You know what I mean? When it's your life and your family and your livelihood and all these different things, man. Yeah. Your perception of what you need to do and what it looks like, it gets clouded. Yeah. Keep pushing forward. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Suck. Uh, <laughs> sorry. 
So catch us up to um, catch us up to now. You know, you got kind of like in in the sense of looking back. You know that that was a very long period of time. Yeah. You know, a, a long stint that you went through. You know, and then once I feel like a, the next pivot would be when you started getting thoughts of, well, what's the next step? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's the, oh, okay. And I'm, I'm actually, I might be, you know, yeah, I've made another pivot and here I am. You know what I mean? Now that you're in that other, um, now that you're on that next plane, um, just kind of give me what it looks like to, to stand where you're at and turn back around and look at everything. Else, you know what I mean? Yeah. It truly feels like the step away from the tree, see the whole forest. Yeah. Like you begin to see, okay, where God was at, you know, how he was involved, what he was working out, mm-hmm. what had to change. Mm-hmm. Cause there was things that had to change in my life that needed to change whether or not stuff happened. Right. There was, there was things that were already beginning habits being built, mm-hmm. choice being made that needed to be worked on and, and dealt with. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying God let everything happen just to deal with that. I'm just saying, like, that came to light because of what was going on. Like, I need to, I just need to deal with that stuff. Mm-hmm. I need to fix those things. I need to find some help. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now looking back, you'd be able to see, like, just how that stuff worked out and the grace of God and a lot of things. It's just, like, it's pretty, like, humbling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now to be in a space where it's, like, feel like, the, the list of priorities is always being tweaked and and worked, but like mm-hmm. where we're at and what we're doing and and what like like the joy that kind of comes when you're in a space of like mm-hmm. I took my core values serious, yeah, and where I'm at is taking those core values serious and they align mm-hmm. and like I'm getting to do what I feel like I'm supposed to do, yeah, um, and it's not it's actually enhancing the other side of my life, the other part of my life, like we said, the foundational side of my life is being almost enhanced by this. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, God, like, well, and you're, you're able to, you know, cause last time we talked it, you know, your relationship with your wife is stronger. Your involvement with your kids is stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't feel as obligated to be a person rather than encouraged to be the person, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so when you're encouraged in to be who you are naturally and build into your passion, like your contribution to where you're at is tenfold versus saying, you know, you, we expect a certain amount of things out of you because this is what we want for you. And where you're at now is we want to encourage you to be who you are because we value that. Yeah. You can't, you can try, but you you really can't fit the square peg in the round hole. No, you really can't. No. You you can hammer it. You can do whatever you want, but in the long run, like it will it will not naturally fit. Right. Well, and you wouldn't be nat- You wouldn't be able to absorb this had you not gone backwards first. Hundred percent. You know what I mean. You yeah. wouldn't be able to live in the space that you're in now if you did just take the next step. Yeah. Or take the options that were there, or just listen to everything inside of you that said that wanted to say yes yeah exactly you wouldn't be here you wouldn't be enjoying it you wouldn't feel fulfilled you would continue that cycle of confusion you know what i mean and that's where people go they go i mean you go backwards so far 
It's mm-hmm. not your, like when you said earlier, all right, well, our goal is to get from over here to over there. Our ambition is to get to there. Mm-hmm. Your ambition starts to move backwards. Yeah. When you don't intentionally take time to take a few steps back over the side, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you start believing the lies, start believing other people's opinions, mm-hmm. other people's assumptions. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's a dangerous game. And I think if you keep trying to push forward, mm-hmm. is what we've been saying, like, mm-hmm. that's just baggage building. Mm-hmm. So sometimes going backwards is really just taking a step back. It is just taking the deep breath and yeah. processing and then saying, all right, let's go. Well, there's a big identity thing here too. You know, like if you don't know who you are and who you're supposed to be, then you have no determined, you have no decision-making over yourself. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. You know what I mean? If you're, and, and even like with the perception that others want to have towards you, because I experienced that myself, yep. you know, it's like people want to put a label on me based on what they see versus what they know yep. or what I feel or what I know. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, it, perception comes out in the form of assumptions. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I can re- I can choose to respond to that one or two different ways. I can pay attention to it, or I cannot. Yeah, you know, my identity might my identity identity can be formed in what other people see in me or see me as. Yeah, but that's not even true. Yeah, it's a complete falsehood. And so then every action I have is based on somebody that I'm not. Yeah, like imposter syndrome comes in and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So. I'm, I mean, the reason why I wanted to lock you down for this is because like, to me, as a friend, you know, watching all this happen, and it's kind of like the full, the the circle came around. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And so I want to say that we were going to talk about this last year when you were kind of before the full circle happened. Yeah. You know, and I'm glad that it didn't because there's just a healthy side to it that brings hope. You know, yeah. we could have talked about we could have talked about the struggle side of it. Yeah. But that conversation would have ended with somebody else hearing about a lot of struggle. Yeah. And identifying themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, he's struggling. You know, he went through a lot of that. That's cool. But like, there has to be light at the end of the tunnel. Like. Yeah. What does it look like on the backside of that struggle? What did I do to get through that? What do I, what would I do the next time, you know, yeah. or if somebody else had to find himself in the same space, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, it worked out. I'm glad we waited and I appreciate you having me on and just like letting me share. And yeah, I think the reality is there is light in the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I learned even from my dad and his passing and then all it's like, it, you're never alone which is why I think community is such an important thing. Mm-hmm. Why I think God is such an important thing. Mm-hmm. And, and even when stuff feels like I'm going nowhere, all my energy is being spent going sideways. Like I think we've said it multiple times. It's okay to like take that step back, take that deep breath, recalibrate mm-hmm. and, and see like, is this even the, the path of least resistance right now? Mm-hmm. Is this even the way I'm supposed to be going? Mm-hmm. Um, and going through that process, it, it's a really interesting, mm-hmm. sometimes unenjoyable, mm-hmm. but it's worthwhile and there is light. And yeah. so I, uh, yeah, it's good. Man. I will always say even for myself, it, like 
it's just a testament onto why faith is so important and valuable in your life. Yeah, 100%. And I'm not saying that, you know, like we haven't talked. Okay, you're a pastor where we're sitting in a church. Like we haven't been talking about things that, you know, most people would think that we would talk about. It's like, sure. it's just life. You know what I mean? And we can, people can put a perception on people in ministry. Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, I've labeled you now. So like, yeah. there's now this, this weird vibe about you. And it's like, dude, like we're all just people, but yeah. <clears throat> from, you know, to me, it's like, if you don't have foundational faith, you don't know how to operate when things are difficult. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? This is not about what you, what you, you know, the, the, the principles that don't matter, yep. you know, things that are trivial, um, you know, where you're going to go when you die. This is how you operate while you're living. Yeah. And what you do with that, you know, yeah. what determines your quality of life. If you don't have something, a standard outside yourself. And for me, like the act of surrender for me is literally putting my burdens on something else. Yeah. For sure. I mean? Like if I don't have something to pass my hardships off onto, which sounds really bad. Yep. Because especially for guys, we don't want to like throw our responsibility on somebody else. Yeah. The hardest part of submission and actually putting my faith into practice is going against what I wanted to do to feel like a man. Yep. But you get to a point of, I have no, I have no other choice. Yeah. If this is going to actually work and this is going to actually serve me in my life, I have to do this. Yeah. Makes you know less of a man and it makes you know. No less weak, no it, less stronger. Whatever. It makes faith for me. It made my faith real. Yeah, for because sure. I can use it today. I can use it today. I can use it tomorrow. Yeah. It it's it applies in my life on a day to day basis that nobody else needs to know about. Yeah, I agree. You know, I agree. So, cool. um, how do people find you on social media, Andrew Clark? Right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Andrew Clark. It's on Facebook, stuff like that. Instagram is Clark Grams mm -hmm. underscore. Um, not really on Twitter or anything like that, but yeah. Uh, and then I work at Bayview Church here in, in Traverse City. So you can look us up at babychurch.net. And um, and you yeah. speak, I mean, you, you still actively preach here, to, or not still, but you actively preach here on Sunday mornings, not just for youth. Yeah, so I'm you doing know. probably once a month at this point. Okay, uh, so somebody wanted to find if somebody wanted to hear you speak or, yep. you know, tune online, it's, is it, uh, does baby, you have a, a Instagram too, or is it just Facebook? Just Facebook right now. Um, and so yeah, babychurch.net or just baby church, uh, here in Traverse city on Facebook. And yeah, we go live Sundays, nine fifteen, and, and or nine o'clock and ten thirty, And, um, yeah, it's a good time. Come check us out. And... Sweet. Thanks. Man. Love you. Love you too, dude.